Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on uh, the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles, Berlin. Hmm. Happy hump day, everybody. Oh. What's going on? Ooh, I like it. Dave with the enthusiasm. That's right. Yeah. I'm feeling it today, man. I'm feeling it. Yes. Dave, we've had some crazy first few days of 2020. Am I right? Mm, Some nuts ones. You ain't kidding there. I mean, we we need to talk about something pretty serious. And some, something happening right now. And no, Dave, I'm not talking impeachment. Nope. I'm not talking Iran. Nope. I'm not talking nope. Ukraine. Nope. I'm not talking Australia burning. Nope. I'm not talking about mystery virus that's breaking out all over China. Nope. I am, in fact, talking about the chaos in the British royal family. <laughs> That's right, Dave. Try to. Oh, you know, I I heard something about this. Yeah. This morning, but yeah. I I'm not knowledgeable enough to talk about it. So I need you to tell me. Don't worry. Not that you weren't going to already. You will be informed, <laughs> Dave. You will be informed, Dave. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have went rogue. Wow. They have went rogue. They're, they're gone. Well, they're not gone. Uh, they're just they're just doing their own thing. They're separating. Yeah. Yeah, so well, first of all, Dave, okay. let me say, they better be glad that the queen did not hire me to be in charge of her social media. Because I would be rallying so hard right now in the name of the queen, you don't even know. Word. I'd be all over that Uh-oh. thing, Dave. Uh-oh. Not really. But, well, I mean, if she hired me, it'd be part of my job. I'd have to do it. But, you know, whatever. You'd have to. Anyway, so, Dave, here's what they said in their post on their website. They said their intentions were to carve out a progressive new role within the institution of the British monarchy to step back as senior members of the royal family to work to become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen to balance their new time between the United Kingdom and North America to honor their duty to the Queen and to launch a new charitable entity and collaborate with Her Majesty the Queen. Hmm. So, interesting. A lot of things there. Now, Dave, I'm not sure if you know... And I'm not sure if Harry knows, but his grandma, the queen, I don't feel like that sets very well with her. She doesn't seem like a person that's in part-time collabos. Nope. You know? Exactly. Uh, But regardless, on Monday, she did say she would support the plan. She would support it. But, Dave... With air, air quotes, air quotes. The, cre- the press got some pictures of the Queen this weekend for the first time since the message had gone down. Uh, and, and the reason I bring up the pictures on the weekend, because uh, they, they got pictures and, and they were intriguing for two reasons. First, the Queen was driving. Wait, what? Dave, she's... Oh, God. She's 92. Why? 
What? And I mean, her husband, Prince Philip, had to hang up the whole driving thing about a year ago because he got in a horrendous wreck. That's a fact. Um, so, yeah. you know. You would think at this point they just have a driver for, hey, you know, like, it doesn't even matter that they're 92. Even if they were 22, you would think a driver would drive them everywhere. Well, and that was the other thing. It was just a plain Land Rover that she was driving. And I was like, Lame. can't the queen get like a Batmobile or something? She's driving around in a Land Rover? Like, pfft, lame. She'd huh. be safer in the Batmobile, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a fact. Then the last thing to mention about those pictures, Dave, she was wearing a scarf over her head, you know, like wrapped under her chin. On top of her head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you under know, her chin. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just. You said yes to above the head, but under the chin. Well, yeah, it, it, over the head, you know, and then you tie it underneath the chin. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it wraps over top of it wraps over top. So the it's hair. above her forehead and under her chin. Yeah, well, it's it's basically like to protect your whole head. You know, like an old woman would wear. You Wait, you wear what? the 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 scarf around your head and tie it underneath the chin. Um, I was pretty inspired. You know, I feel like that's an under underutilized look. Yes. I might start trying it out. I don't know. I might have to try it out. Hmm. Anyways, Dave, back to the... I could see you. That'd be a good look for you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a fact. Anyways, Dave, back to the issue at hand, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Now, they really highlighted a couple reasons why they wanted to make this move. Uh, the two things that they may uh, really emphasize was that they want to earn a professional income and they want to handle their own media relations. Uh, now, Dave, that's a dilly of a pickle right there. Um, because on one hand... Dilly of a pickle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dill, not sweet pickle. That's right. Nope. Because on, I, I gotcha. on one hand, the media seems to be all up in their business. Uh, and, I mean, essentially, you could say we're all up in their business right now. Ew. But, on the other oh, hand, I mean, no offense to them... Why? Why do you want to earn a professional income? You know, so true. You're you're part of a royal family that's worth eighty eight billion dollars. Jeez. I mean, the queen's literally got her own ATM in the bottom of Buckingham Palace. What? She's got her own ATM. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No. That's a that's a fact. That's a fact. That is an amazing fact. That's a fact. Um. Wow. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I first started hearing about all this stuff and I was just gathering the stuff, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I was sort of taking the queen's side. Word. I was like, come on, Harry. What are you complaining about, man? You and your wife, you get in the royal family, you do some stuff, Hair. Come on, Hair Bear, right? You literally just, like, show face. Yeah. But then I started looking on Instagram and started reading the comments on their page and the horrendous shit people say to them Jeez. that I was just oh, like, God. what? I can only imagine. You, what do they do? Why are you so angry at them? Like, first of all, Dave, Harry is six in succession to the throne. Hmm. Like, he's never going to be yeah. king. Nope. His, no. his nephew, who's five is in front of him. So obviously, he's never going to be king. So what's it even matter? Second of all... Isn't that funny how that works? Well, yeah. well second of all, like, the, 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 the royal family basically does the same job as a Walmart greeter. So true. That's what they do. 
They have yeah. like 2,000 engagements a year at like receptions, garden parties, and state funerals. That's really what their their page said. Hmm. Garden parties, state funerals. That's what they do. That's a fact. And, and you go there and you're like, hey, I'm a royal. Sweet. What's up? That's basically it. That's basically it. Which, exactly. Which got me thinking, Dave. I think this will settle a lot of the furious... Um, Americans at this situation, mm-hmm. and it'll maybe take some of their responsibility away. We should have an American yearly monarch. So, so here's what we do. Year, like everyone switches. Yeah, yeah. So here's what we do. On this year's taxes, everybody will pay one extra dollar, which would come out okay. to if like everybody that pays taxes committed that two hundred and fifty million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. On the taxes, there's a new box that just says, "Do you want to be the next American king or queen?" And from everybody that checks yes, they randomly select one person that's that year's American monarch. Sweet. And basically, we'll scrutinize that person that wins, like the royal family. Yes. Like, oh my God. Like just this year, it could be say Milton Simmons from Frisco, Texas. Right, and Milton will get two hundred fifty million dollars, and then the Pavarazzi mm-hmm. will just follow Milton around all the time, and we'll be like, "Oh my God, mm-hmm. you see, Milton walked his dog this morning, and he didn't pick up its crap. He is not worthy of being our king. Nope. Good he is Lord, not a king. can't believe him." <laughs> and then Milton will like go on a date, and all the tabloids will be like, "Do you see?" Milton went out with Jessica Fritz from Fort Worth. Word. Oh, my gosh. You know, back in the day, two years ago, there's pictures of Jessica Fritz getting blackout drunk at the back of a Denny's restaurant. What? Oh, my God. She's not worthy of being our queen. <laughs> right? Right? It'll be so much oh fun. And then you don't get exhausted from it either because then Milton's just like, in the next year, he's like, you know what? Done. No longer the king. And we move on to somebody else. So much, So good. So good, right? Well, would you would you put your hat in the ring? Of course. Wait, what? Nah, I don't yeah. know. Okay. Actually, I got to think about that. You know, I said of course, but that's nah, a lot of scrutiny. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if I want that for two hundred and fifty million. You get to keep the two hundred and fifty. So I don't know if I could take. Oh, a, then then yeah, I'm definitely doing. All yeah, that. Dave's in. He's in. Dave, until we get our American monarch up and running. Dave for King, 2021. <laughs> Until we get it up and running, Harry and Megan are free to come on the Doc G Show anytime they want. Are you ready to fire up this royal show, Dave? Let's fire it up. Okay. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Dave, I told you he's coming on the show. I was telling you the truth. It got a little delayed, but he is here today. John Paul finally delivered. Four-time Grammy winner, John Paul White, on the show. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait. We're going to talk Muscle Shoals. We're going to talk songwriting. Of course, we've got a couple food topics. That's right. Of course. course. But first, we start where we start. Birthday suit. Give it to me. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, born on January 15th, 1981. In Miami, with the name Armando Christian Perez. Hmm. His parents were Cuban expatriates. Our birthday suit wearer was attracted to music at a young age. 
as a child was influenced by the Miami bass genre. In 2001, our birthday suit wearer was signed to Luther Campbell Luke Records. In 2001, our birthday suit wearer met Little John and performed on his album Kings of Crunk. Sweet. In 2004, our birthday suit wearer that one. released his album Miami with single, uh, singles Kulo, Toma, and D*** Man. He then released El Marial uh, and The Boat Lift in 2006 and 2007. In 2011, he rebranded himself as Mr. Worldwide. And in 2013, released the song Timber with Kesha, which went to number one on the Billboard charts in 18 countries. In 2014, he was featured in the opening ceremonies of the FIFA World Cup. In 2019, he released the album No Libertad, which has the single No Lo Trates, which has went four times platinum. Name that birthday, Sue Ware. Hmm. My boy Pitbull. Yes! Yes! Pitbull is correct. That is correct. Mr. Worldwide. Dave, two things I learned about Pitbull in this. Um, well, I guess just two things I learned. One, Pitbulls are banned in Dade County in Florida. Didn't know that. What? Oh, I, me either. Yeah. Didn't know that. That's one of the reasons why I chose it, because he's, he's, he's an outlaw. He's banned. Yeah, he's an outlaw. Oh. Um, and two, uh, Pitbull was sued by Lindsay Lohan Word. back in the day on one of his albums for saying in lyrics, I've got it locked up like Lindsay Lohan. Um, uh, she lost the battle. She did not get uh, get the money for that nope. in that uh, Good. suing. Uh, Dave. Happy birthday to Pitbull. All right. Yeah. Happy birthday. How old? What? 81, three nine. You said? Three nine. Last okay. year of his 30s. Three nine. Yeah. Last year of his 30s. Got to live it up. Mr. Worldwide's got to live it up. For sure. Okay. Are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip it, man. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Dave. This first story comes from the New York Daily News. Um, Dave, have you ever been afraid that some uh, afraid that someone would steal your things when you were staying at a hotel? Hmm. You know, I'm I'm not really that like skeptical of that, but um, my family and my girlfriend are. They're always like hiding mm. things and like putting it and like using the like lock that the like safe that they give you, and I just like. I let it go, man. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I feel like uh, maybe I'm too, uh, you know, uh, trusting of folks, but I'm like yourself. How, yeah, me too. I'm just like, whatever. It's in the hotel. And then other people are like, I'll put it in the safe. Hide it here. Do right. this. And I'm just like, I, I, I was just going to leave it out. I'm fine, you know? And I got to be honest. I've never had anything stolen so far. But anyways... That exactly. nightmare happened to Keegan Briars in Arkansas. No. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So Keegan called up the Benton City Police to let them know that he had been robbed in his hotel. Girl, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keegan uh, had gone to, to a gas station beside the hotel and purchased two cheeseburgers. He ate the first oh. cheeseburger and then left 
the second for a tasty breakfast in the morning. That's a fact. Upon waking, do that? he realized his cheeseburger had been stolen. You know what? Wow. Oh, no. Like, that's, right. that's the worst when you're ready and you're, like, expecting to have, like, some food, like, when you wake up or whatever, yeah. and it's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, this last tidbit will help you understand how we ended up at this result. Uh, the police officer noted in the report that Briars was extremely intoxicated at the time of the incident. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Also... That changes something. Police say there was another man in the hotel who was also sleeping, but they insisted... That or, or he insisted he knew nothing about the missing cheeseburger. Mm. <laughs> now, I do the same thing. My favorite thing about this story is that the police actually continued to pursue this report. Like, they didn't show up and hear the drunk dude with a missing burger and were like, yeah, all right, well, we'll see you later. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Like, nope. or yeah. they didn't just like, you know what? Um, here's 99 cents. Go to the gas station and get another one. Nope. Like, yeah, they no, were, leave us alone. They were like, no, let me interrogate this other man. So, have you heard of this cheeseburger? Word. Can you describe what it looked like on the nightstand? Thank you. Okay. Do I sesame, have you heard of this sesame seeds <laughs> on the bun? All right. Check. God. Like, they were actually invested. Good job, Arkansas police. Way to take it that far. Way to be. S- Civilian or what? Dang it! I ruined it. Way to be thorough. For this. Thorough. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, this next story, USA Today. Now, all right. Um, Dave, a, a woman from Monmouth, Illinois. She uh she renewed her license. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Good job. Do that every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Which I'll admit, it's not a very interesting story, but. It becomes a little bit more interesting when I tell you she was 105 years old. Wait, what? Oh, my God. She's <laughs> that got scares me. She's got 13 <laughs> years on the queen, and she's still driving. What? Girl, come on. What? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't want to ruin the story when I was talking about the queen earlier. I was like, my Lord, right? Lois Paulson. She was born, and this, you know, just for your information, she was born when they were still making Model T Fords. Jeez. That's crazy. Model T Fords. And she started driving before the U.S. even had mandatory license. Girl, come on. So she started driving before the age of 16. Without a license. Because, well, because the, there was none. It was just like, whoever they drives, had, drives. It wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. 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 Jeez. So, Dave, wow. this was my take-home message from the story. In the actual newspaper uh, article from USA Today, it said she successfully renewed her driver's license in the fall, making her the fourth oldest licensed driver in Illinois. Who are these uh, other even- three drivers? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell? Uh, There's some, but like the the real question is: Are are they really driving to 
you know, the DMV and doing this stuff? Or are they just doing it to, like, update their license? I don't stuff, know, to have, like, but... Identification. Is there a 112-year-old just like, anyways, so I thought I'd drive up to Chicago this weekend. Uh, like, what? I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that they're just three older people than her in Illinois. That's a fact. Let alone driving. Yeah, in general, three driving. Yep. Good Lord, 105. I can't even count that high. Nope. Dave, our next story is from tcpalm.com. tcpalm.com. Uh, Dave, you're aware that Florida in Florida... Uh, we we are a medical marijuana state, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's why police in uh, Fort Pierce weren't too concerned when they pulled over a woman and her whole car uh, smelled like marijuana. Word. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now, uh, side note, Dave, in the actual article, it says, quote, police said the vehicle smelled of spliff. Also known as weed, spliff. ganja, herb, pot, and a zillion other terms. Hmm. What? Yeah, spliff is like half weed, half cigarette. Was, was tcpalm.com just trying to show off how cool they were with their synonyms they for know marijuana? Their, they like, know their street cred. Like, boom. What do you think about that? We're up on it. Wow. Anyways. Uh, We're hip. <laughs> apparently. When they pulled over the woman, she said, don't worry, I have a medical marijuana card. So the police asked if they could search her car. You know, they were like, well, um, it does smell like marijuana. Do you mind if we search the car? She's like, go right ahead. They did find mm -hmm. some marijuana. And so they were like, uh, mm -hmm. can we see your medical marijuana card? And she was already outside of the car, obviously. So she pointed over to her sweatshirt, which was on top of the car. And she's like, it's in there. And they were mm -hmm. like, all right. And when they went in to get it from the sweatshirt, um, a crack yeah. pipe and crack fell out. What? Mm. Oh, <laughs> where's your medical crack card at? <laughs> <laughs> well, so so uh, good good note, Dave, because tcpalm.com said, quote, it should be noted there is no such thing as a medical crack cocaine uh, card. That's a fact. Really? Really? Yeah, no sh Really, tcpalm.com. So you're telling me Tyrone Biggums lied to me. That's insane. Oh, come on. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I don't think I, I'm. I don't think anyone reading that story was like, "Oh, crack, that's fine. It's covered under that marijuana card, right? Crack, it's just same thing, right? Yes! Crack, marijuana, yeah, same thing." Oh, uh, God, Dave. Our next story is from CBS uh, WSBT Channel 22 in Indiana. Dave, have you ever known someone that worked in the FBI? Or the CIA. Hmm. No, man, I'm not that cool. No? Apparently, I didn't know, just, right? Just Justin's dad. No, just <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, a dude I went to high school with works for the FBI now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, one of my friends told me last week. I was like, what? Then it was a little suspect, though, because they were like, yeah, he's stationed in, in West Virginia. And I was like, what? Word. They have going on in West yeah, Virginia. Station for, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I guess though, opium problem. If he's working maybe drugs, that would make sense in West Virginia. It, um, yeah, because we learned about that. Yeah. Anyways, 
The story in the next lady, uh, story in the next, the lady in the next story doesn't work for the CIA or the FBI, but, but you've got to admire her moxie. Yes! She's got okay. some moxie. So last week at the old Golo gas station in South Bend, Indiana, officers were called out by the attendant who said that a lady had been trying to look at the security footage from the gas station. Hmm. And uh, the lady was uh, was seen to be wearing a hat that said FBI. But uh, when the attendant asked who she worked for and why she needed it, she told him she worked for the CIA. Word. Huh. Hmm. When the officers mm. arrived, she was actually pulling out of the station in a white Dodge Charger without license plate. So uh, after they talked to the attendant, they tracked her down, right? And the police were like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, been a lot of counterfeit money going through the area, and uh, especially through that gas station. And uh, I've been working in the area for several months. Hmm. And they were working the case. They were like, uh, okay. And she was like, they were like, we're going to need to see some credentials. And she gave uh, her license to him and said, run my ID. It'll show my credentials. Right? Word. So the cops ran her yeah. license, but it indeed did not confirm her credentials. Oh. She wow. did not work for either. Then they called the station and asked about her. And in fact, not only did she not work for either the FBI or the CIA, but apparently she had taken that Dodge Charger from a car dealership for a test drive and just never returned it. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, right? What moxie, though? Am I right? Like, dude, she was working it. She was in character, that's for sure. I mean, even even after that story, I'm just sort of like, maybe, maybe it's like a super yeah. undercover case or something. They wiped, cause like, I wouldn't be able to stay in character after after like one. They'd be like, "Who do you work for?" The CIA. They turn back around and be like, "I don't work for the CIA." Nope. I'm sorry. I stole this car. Please don't <laughs> send me to jail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was going to do it the whole way through. She went all the way, man. Hats off to, oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't have her name, but hats off to that lady. She probably will be going to jail. Uh, Dave. For a long time. Our next story is from WHDH Channel 7 Boston, but oh. it's a Florida story. Not a Boston. Uh, of course, Florida man. So you remember how I asked Dalton which stories are better, Florida man or uh, Tennessee man stories. And then last week I said I probably should have been specific and said Tennessee women stories. Well, I think I made Florida women jealous because oh. they've got a story that definitely matches the floor, our Tennessee woman stories for sure. That's right. So Serena... A 20-year-old woman from Pasco County. She's facing several uh, charges. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's so true. Uh, from two different instances. So she's got charges from two different instances. So the first mm -hmm. incident started when officers had to come to her sister-in-law's house. 
And they had to come because the cops were called because Serena was attempting to drive away drunk from the house with her six-month-old uh, baby. What? Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, which obviously, not a good thing. Um, not a good no. thing to be driving alone drunk. Nope. Really not good to involve your six-month-old baby. Nope. While she was tr- uh, trying to leave, her sister-in-law, sister-in-law tried to stop her, and that's when Serena bit her sister-in-law. Wait, what? Oh, God. Then police arrived and tried to restrain her, and while they were trying to restrain her, according to the report, she tried to pee on the officers hmm. before oh, nice. until she realized nice. she couldn't and then she settled for spitting on one of them. Jeez. Yeah. So. Oh my God. <laughs> after she was booked with charges related to that incident, the Pasco County Police realized she was wanted for an incident from October 10th. Word. Uh, this incident on October 10th was where she got in a fight with a man at a bar, then a few minutes later ran over him with her car. Word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This lady should not have access to cars anymore. Well, get this. This gets even better. When the detectives ask her about the event where she reportedly ran over the man in her car, she told the detectives she didn't remember anything because she was too high on cocaine and had no recollection of the Uh. event. Wait, what? <laughs> of course. Dave. Of course. Dave, I know this... You can't make this stuff up, man. I know this really isn't the point of the story, but if you do the math, that means she was out at a bar high on cocaine when her baby was two months old. Hmm. I'm no... Oh, man, I didn't even... I'm no parenting <laughs> expert, but I think that's frowned upon in most parenting circles. Yes! I don't... I don't even think, even if you're not a parent, I think it's so frowned upon. <laughs> it's, in general, in most community circles, yes, in it general, is. general, frowned upon. Running over people while high on cocaine, a negative in most societies. That is true. Yes. Um, I got a feeling she's probably going to have... Uh, probably going to have some trouble with the law as well. Probably a couple of years behind bars. Hmm. But Dave, that has been ripped from the headlines. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, John Paul White. This is The Long Way Home, right here on The Doc G Show. Here I go once again down the road that just never seems to end if I don't or if I do I'll be damned my whole life
The Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Guys, download our podcast. Mm -hmm. Do it. Rate us. Mm -hmm. Give us five stars because Mm -hmm. if you're not giving us five stars, then it's not worth doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go to our website, www.thedocgshow.com. Check out some of the new videos Doc Mm. put up. Mm. See us interview some of the guests that came in the studio and jammed out for us and Mm. had a good time. So that's a fact. You'll enjoy it. I like it. I like it, Dave. That's all true information. All true information. I I did not lie. No. Nope. No. And And last week's show. With none other than Claude Lathan. It's great, guys. You're going to want to check it out. Yeah, it is. It's good stuff. Do it. Claude Claude went all out. Went all out. That's a fact. Okay, Dave. Speaking of our listeners, of course, it's time to appreciate the folks that are listening in a little segment we call Shout Out. Shout Out. Shout them out, man. Okay, regulars. Got to run down this list because it's getting longer, and I like that. Uh, See J- if you can do it in one breath. Ooh, okay. Jacksonville, Florida. Columbia, South Carolina. Gainesville, Florida. Charlotte, North Carolina. Atlanta, Georgia. Genoa, Italy. Maputo, Mozambique. That's right. Ashburn, Virginia. Radford, Virginia. Citrus Heights, California. Mountain View, California. Dublin, Ireland. There you go. Shout out. All in one, one breath? breath. That was. That Impressive. was. Impressive. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And, of course, we appreciate all the regulars. And thank you to all the listeners. Yes. The regulars. Dedicated. I love that we have several international regulars. So true. Dublin, Dublin, Ireland, Genoa, Italy, Mozambique, all fantastic international locales. That's right. Okay. Semi-regulars. Sacramento coming through with the heavy listens this week. Sacramento, nice. Our boys out there, yeah, and ladies, Shout out. boys and gals, boys and gals. Next, Miami getting pretty serious with the listens, pretty high in the three hundred five. We're going up and down the it's, state of Florida. It's like they knew. It's like they knew Pitbull was going to be celebrated this this week or something. I don't know. Yeah, they were they they were get they were jumping on it early. They're getting ready. Next, St. Louis, Missouri. Also, pretty solid amount of listens from St. Louis. Like it. Like it. Dave, this next one, if they keep going, it's going to be another international that we're going to have to put on the regs. Stoke Newington, England. Stoke Newington. Uh, Stoke Newington. Yeah, man. They're being regulars, and I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. do. Los Angeles, shout out. shout out, Los Angeles, getting the the semi uh, the, the semi regular status. I like it. So welcome to the club. Yeah. So okay, here we go. Newcomers, Dave. Newcomers. 
All right. My favorite part. My favorite part. Got three newcomers on the list. Uh, Madison, Tennessee. Shout out. Madison. Oh, yes. shout out to Madison. Madison is seen as being part of the metropolitan area of Nashville. Dave. Mm, okay. Okay. Yep. Thank yep. you. Yep. So it's in the north northeast side of the city. Pretty nice. Uh, pretty nice area. Oh, I lied, Dave. We actually have four newcomers. What? Sorry. Four newcomers. Learn how to count. Yep. My bad. I, well, I already told you. I can't count up to 105. Now we know I can't count to four. Nope. Next one. <laughs> Cork, Ireland. Cork, Ireland. Cork. Yeah. Shout out. Did you know, Dave? Popping corks. Second, second largest city in the Republic of Ireland. Third largest city in Ireland not. as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of Corkonians. That's what they're called, Corkonians. Oh, uh, I love it. They're pretty big on tripe, Dave. Tripe. Tripe the fish. Tripe the stomach lining. Word. Yeah. Oh, tripe. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm saying that correct. T r i p e. Tripe. I think that's yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Stomach lining. I don't know. I'm I'm hesitant mm. to say that that would be good, Dave. I'm hesitant. If we go there, you know we're gonna eat it. Of course. So true. And then you, you can't can't stop me from eating stomach lining. All right, next one, Lincoln, Nebraska, Dave. Lincoln. Oh, shout out to Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. True out. or false, Dave? Lincoln, Nebraska, named after Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. True. True. Correct. Yes. Good job. Boom. Let's go. It was actually named Lancaster for 13 years, and then they renamed it to Lincoln in 1869. Yep. HTH. Also, fun fact, Dave, birthplace of Larry the Cable Guy. There you go. Say what? There you go. Um, That's probably on their sign there. Probably. (laughs) Probably. All right, last one. Addison, Illinois. Shout out. Shout out. out. Addison. Shout out to Addison. Now, technically, Dave. Addison. Sort of, sort of like Madison. Technically, Addison, part of part of uh, metropolitan area of Chicago. I was thinking that. I did some. Uh, uh, I did some uh, research. Uh, if we're hitting up mm-hmm. Addison, I think we've got to hit up Elio Pizza on Fire. That's right. Got to hit up that place. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. They don't. Uh, sounds su- good to me. Surprisingly, even though in the Chicago area they don't do the Chicago style. Nope. They're they're Neapolitan. Mm-hmm. They're Neapolitan style pie. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty sexy. Pretty sexy. Ooh. But thank you for all the listens, folks. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, Dave. Time for the second birthday suit. Mm. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Here mm-hmm. we go. Born on January fifteenth. 1979 in Dallas, Texas. Our birthday suit wears mm. parents were an attorney and a lawyer. Mm. Oh. But there his his family was also very uh very sports inclined. His dad played basketball okay. for Texas A&M and his uncle was the mm. starting quarterback for the University of Texas in the 70s. Yeah. Wow. In high school, our birthday suit wearer loved all sports, played football, baseball, basketball, and actually played flag football for most of his high school career. He ended I up I love flag football. He ended up earning a scholarship from Purdue University 
as a quarterback. Hmm. He ended Drew up. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is correct. Yes. Let's go. Ended up being Big Ten Player of the Year in 2000. Two-time Heisman finalist. In 2001, he was drafted by the San Diego Chargers, 32 overall. In 2006, he was traded to the New Orleans Saints, where he won 12 Pro Pro Bowl appearances, a Super Bowl, has led the league in passing yards seven times, touchdowns three times, and completion percentage six times. He now has the record for most passing yards, career pass completions, touchdown passes, and most completions in a season. Jeez. Boom. What a resume. Happy birthday, Drew Brees. Huge resume. I mean, I get it. I get it. We do a lot with 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 uh, uh, championships. But, man, that personal resume has got to put him up there close to a GOAT conversation. Like, come on. Yeah, man. It's, it's hard because... It's hard because he lived in the same era as Peyton Manning and and uh tom brady but but i mean look he, at him he's broke most of I their know. records like that's the thing I know. that's the crazy the longevity the consistency and just like if you think of people around him it's almost like they just filled it in and just he, like you know people talk about the patriots how they just fill the next guy up and they talk about he's, they he's talk about it. tom brady being so old he's 42 drew Brees is 41 just turned 41 no come on man no He's still ripping it. Drew Brees. Happy birthday, Drew. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Drew. Okay, Dave. We're still in the infancy of 2020. Yes! Uh, It's developing. And as you know, as I mentioned before, with all the drama, the royal drama, and of course all the actual (laughs) bad stuff that I brought up. So true. we Mm -hmm. We need now more than ever some things that don't suck. Am I right? That's what I like to hear, man. Yeah. Yes. Things that don't suck. A list of consisting of Paul Rudd. And whatever the doc wants to say now. Okay, Dave, I've got two stories. Two updates on uh, things that don't suck. Uh, Dave, okay. have you ever been on like a real long flight? Hmm. Like a like a real uh, long flight. I, my longest is from here or Atlanta to uh, San Diego. So mm-hmm. what's that like? I don't five know, hours. Five hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's about that's about the longest I've done is cross country as well. I mean, I did one when I was way younger to Europe. Can't really remember that mm-hmm. one that well. So you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I it was a long time ago. I can't imagine like you know those 10, 13, 15 hours. That's too much for me to handle, man. Yes! It's too much. I know. And uh, this story that doesn't suck starts out on one of those flights. That's a fact. Mm. From China to New York. 13-hour oh, wow. flight. Jeez. 13-hour flight. So on this flight, there was a, a man suffering from some extreme pain. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so people were trying to find out where this extreme pain was coming. And he let them know that he had a history of an enlarged prostate. Word. Well, the nearby, this man uh, that was having the extreme pain, uh, was Dr. Zhang Hong. And Dr. Zhang Hong 
is the head of vascular surgery at the first affiliated hospital of Jinan University, right? Yes! Oh, and uh, okay. Dr. Zhang Hong was uh, asking uh, this man some questions. And about six hours from the time this plane was landing, uh, he went into what he would consider uh, uh, unbearable pain. Jeez. He, 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 he couldn't, couldn't wait any longer. Something had to be done. That's when mm. Dr. Hong constructed a catheter out of a straw, a syringe, and a plastic tube uh, from the oxygen mask what? so he could get 800 milliliters of urine out of this man's bladder. Over the next 37 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. That is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Hong said that if he had not dealt uh, with this situation at the time, the man's life was at risk, and he knew that. So true. Wow. In the end, when asked, Dr. Hong downplayed the action. He's like, Psh, saving lives, man. It's just in my instincts. Extreme nature of the intervention oh. never even crossed my mind. I just knew it had to be done. Sweet. Boom! Dr. Hong. Man. You go, Dr. Shout Hong. Shout out to Dr. Hong. Right? Shout out. My gosh. Man, that's so awesome. Just responding and just MacGyvering being MacGyver. I was about to say. Yeah. Just Yeah, hold on. I, I would have been like, what? You got what? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Right? Now, oh. it's great. That we've got uh, lifesavers in the world like Dr. Hong. But I do have to say... People this, way smarter than us. <laughs> I do have to say, though, this story did suck, definitely, for the guy <laughs> that was sitting on the other side of the guy that was having the prostate problem. Like, hey, what what are you doing with that straw? You're, you're making a catheter? Ew. What? I gotta, right in I gotta the middle hold, of the whole flight. I got to hold this <laughs> urine bag? What? No, I don't want to hold the urine bag. Like He's oh. like, shut up and do it. Man, I knew I should have accepted that exit aisle seat. Oh, Jesus. Uh, or uh, just taking the package to get a new flight. Ah, oh, damn. Dave, this next uh this next news, uh it's been it's been celebrated and touted on several other news outlets, but you know, I think it bears repeating in our segment of things that doesn't don't suck. Yes! Mm -hmm. Just recently, over the last two weeks, the statistical numbers relating to cancer mortality have been tabulated. Hmm. And oh. from 1991 to 2017, there has been a 29% decrease in the cancer death rate. Say what? Yep. Oh, there we go. Yeah, including just like to hear that two point two percent decrease in just one year, from 2016 to 2017, there was a two point two percent decrease. Jeez. Just one year. Nice. Yeah, this uh, trend has been led by a lot of different uh, steady decreases, but most prominently in lung cancer mortality, colorectal mortality breast cancer mortality, and prostate cancer mortality. Uh, those are the ones that have moved the needle the most. Uh, the highest... Does it, say, does it say that we've like increased in the number of cases, but increased yeah so, so, so our, our our numbers have been going up as far as the, uh, the, the cancer because of the increase in people, but the mm -hmm. death rates have drastically decreased. decreased. Yes! 
Okay. The highest decrease was seen in colorectal cancer. That's right. Death rates, which dropped from by 53% from 1980 to 2017. Nice. That is definitely something that doesn't suck, Dave. That does not suck. We all know someone that's been affected by cancer, so to see improvements like that means great things for all of us. Fantastic. Definitely. Fantastic. Well, in spite of that great news, I think it is time to go on to a break. We will be right back with none other than four-time Grammy winner, John Paul White.
Welcome back to the show, listeners. Today we are extremely lucky to have four-time Grammy winner, fantastic singer, songwriter, and father, Mr. John Paul White. John Paul, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very good. And I, 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 you got the order of those out out of uh, my my kids would tell you that <laughs> father comes first. Yeah. I, I would say so. They're a little biased, yeah. but you know, I mean, understandable. <laughs> right. Understandable. How's yeah. 2020 treating you? Uh, so far, so good. I'm I'm actually doing my first little bit of work uh, talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, uh, I flew out here to L.A. to do some writing and playing on a friend's record. And, and so uh, nice. this is the first I've picked out of the house. And it's, uh, nice. uh, it's been begrudging. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to get the wheels turning because I, I had a really good holiday season at home. So, uh, yeah. but, you know, got to gotta make the biscuits. Well, I got to say, I, uh, we're sad we missed you down here. Uh, you hit two spots right beside us, Ponte Vedra concert hall in Gainesville at uh, Hartwood and uh, I had no idea at the beginning of December I was like you know what we should have John Paul White on the show and then I go back and I look at the at your your schedule and I was like oh we just missed him man <laughs> you know there's one of the biggest parts of my job nowadays is is awareness you know because people are so inundated with so many things all day long that it's really hard sometimes to make sure people are aware that you're in their town because yeah There's with like, our phone and with our family and, and uh, you just can't come up for air to figure out and and that's what we spend a lot of our time doing is trying to figure out how to get through all of that noise mm -hmm. to uh to people and oh yeah oh yeah it's 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 a, a different world for sure yeah. um it is I did notice, though, at that show, you had some great advertisements at the Ponte Vedra show. They they made them off of uh, Sundrop, which you said you was yeah. your your favorite soft drink. You're a oh a, yeah, really. I named my stu I named my studio after it. Are you familiar with Sundrop? I am familiar with Sundrop, yeah. and uh, I mean, you know, there's there's a bit of a cult following with with Sundrop. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, it definitely is, and I I, I could always tell. What part of the country you're from? If you're carrying around a sundrop, uh, <laughs> because there's just little pockets. Um, That's a fact. There's a big sign up in above my hometown that says "sundrop." Other states don't get it. <laughs> it's a little. I th it's very literal. It, it's sort of like very cheer wine. Cheer wine has yeah, that same sort of. A lot of cheer wine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's it. And I like cheer wine. <laughs> So uh, I think listeners are aware you were uh, you were born in Muscle Shoals uh, and you grew up uh, just across the border in Tennessee. Uh, growing up, since you since you were born in the home of, of Fame Records, home of Sound Studios, uh, when you were growing up, did you have a, a sense of pride? Was that hmm. you, did you know you were you know you were born in a a music mecca, or did that come later? That that definitely came later. I was not aware at all, and um, my my parents weren't incredibly they they weren't musicians at all, mm -hmm. and they they loved music, but they um, we lived on a farm and you know middle of nowhere and went to a small Catholic school, and so you know rock and roll really wasn't a, a big part of my life until I got to high school and and started. Uh, 
finding out what had been created just right there in my backyard. But you wouldn't have known it. It was just, uh, it could have been a million miles away when I was growing <laughs> up on that farm. Yeah. And, uh, but luckily I made some musician friends pretty quick that, um, clued me in on, you know, not only did I not know a lot of the songs that came out of there, but I had no idea they were recorded there. And so yeah. It was a, I was a very fast study for sure, but it was, it was later for me. Now, now this is a tough question and you can pass if you want, but do you mm. have a favorite album that has came out of Muscle Shoals, either a singer or a songwriter that grew up in Muscle Shoals or just an album right. artist that came to Muscle Shoals to record? Hmm. I I don't have a favorite mm -hmm. because you know too many. The obvious. There's so so many great. I'll tell you the record that I'm listening to the most right now is mm -hmm. uh, and have been since uh, when Leon Russell passed away. Mm. I, I, um, that that Carney record. Yeah, I highly recommend if anybody hasn't listened to it. That was made in Muscle Shoals, and, and it's fantastic it's, yeah uh, it's a shame he wasn't more of a household name but um, it's a great record definitely definitely so uh speaking about uh you finding that music later on in life i, I saw in an interview and it <laughs> it just it made me laugh thinking about you doing this but you said you 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 sort of saw the potential in music when you did a lip-syncing uh, uh, performance of Back in Black at a talent show. Yep. Wait, what? That's right. How, how did you? And, how did you come about that? Well, these same buddies of mine that were musicians, we they they were they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it, and I said sure, but I, I don't have any idea how this works. And they said, well, you'll be the bass player. I said. Okay, but I don't know what a bass player is. <laughs> what, the, what what do I do? Yeah. I said all you got to do is just pretend to be playing this instrument. I said okay, cool. So we went and for some reason we had a practice, and uh, turned out the lead singer didn't know the words to the song. <laughs> really, that's pretty critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty critical. So I became a singer, and so I started uh, mouthing. You know, I started uh, singing, and they said singing that that microphone right there so we can make sure that it's working because the drummer's dad had a PA and uh, as soon as I started singing everybody stopped and stared at me they said you can sing <laughs> I said can, can I can I I guess uh, all, all I'd ever done is you know sang in church and had the little old ladies at church tell me I was a good singer but I didn't you didn't go any farther than that yeah so when that happened um there was a click, you know, and I said, well, do you know this song? And they did, and we sang that. And I said, do you know this song? And they did, and we sang that. And then when we did the lip sync contest, I saw the way the girls looked at me while I was up there on stage. Yeah. Yes! That was it. That was <laughs> over. See, I have, a, I have a somewhat similar story a little bit later. I lip sync crisscross jump. Sweet. But the problem oh, yeah. problem well, was I didn't have any musical talent to follow it up after the lip sync. It just sort of I lip synced oh. and was like, okay. Huh? Nobody? I get it. All right. I get it. <laughs> 
I can imagine the crowd probably loved that, though. Oh, I mean, that, that, it was a crowd favorite a at the time. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still, you can, you can still a lot of places over that. Oh, the, 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 uh, the actual music of that song is just so, so good. I like it. It gets, gets me excited. Um, it puts me in a certain place for sure. Very <laughs> nostalgic. Uh, well, speaking of getting started with music, uh, you've got a uh, 1957 Martin Triple O eighteen. I do. It was I do given to you by a family friend, and I, I heard the story. And so basically, you wanted to uh, turn this in because you didn't see the value in it for an Ibanez, yeah. and uh, yeah. the guy at the pawn shop stopped you uh, because he knew you. Have you ever gone back and and thanked him for not oh, yeah. letting you trade that in? Oh yeah, any any time I see him, I, I make sure he knows how uh, thankful I am, and that I tell that story as often as possible because it just it's one of those <clears throat> it's one of those instances in my life where I, you know I can I have a little bit more faith in humanity uh, because. <laughs> Hundred bucks, I'd have gave it to him and thought he was a moron. So, um, <laughs> so he, true. He did me a solid, and I, I definitely have tried to pay that forward. Well, it it amazes me that that still. I mean, that still happens today a lot. You know, it amazes me that those yeah. those gems, those great guitars, are are hiding somewhere, and and the person yeah. has no idea. You know, just because they're. They're not into music. They're not into guitars, and they're just like, well, "Who wants this?" And you're like, "That." Well, it, you know? it's it's harder and harder now because even people that are, you know, my my parents only just got a computer, but they they know well enough to be able to look a lot look online and see what something's worth. Yeah. So the steel is not quite as prevalent as it used to be. You know, the only time. You know, sometimes with a classified ads or you know, um, Craigslist or something like that, you can, or the old swap and shop. Do y'all have a swap and shop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a radio call-in show where people say, you know, I got a, I've got a left fender for a Ford Pinto <laughs> or whatever, and here's my phone number. Yeah. You can. That, that that's just about the only place to get a good deal anymore. That's true. That's true. Everybody else, you're 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 out there, like yep. you said, hunting for. Oh yeah, you're hunt- you're a click away from knowing the value of something, and then then the deal's gone. <laughs> then they know what they have, and they don't want to let it go. Yep. Uh, which is good. Which is good because more often than not, those those holy grails are with somebody's family that he passed away, and then they don't know any better. They some. Some uh, jerk comes in and gives them a hundred bucks and takes it from them, and it's a, and uh, that you know. To be honest, you know, there's there's honestly there's justice there. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so you you've said before that you you didn't really get into songwriting. You, met, you mentioned it a little bit there as far as high school, just sort of playing with the band cover mm-hmm. cover songs and whatnot. And uh, uh, I heard you didn't get in into writing until you got to college yeah. and you met Walt right. um what uh, Aldridge yeah Aldridge yeah. Uh, great songwriter he's in the Alabama Music Hall of Fame actually he was just inducted I think right. a couple years ago how did you how did he's you in meet the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame now too wow uh yeah it just happened 
how did how did you meet Walt and uh, and what did he you know what was the biggest takeaway as far as songwriting that he gave you? Hmm. Right. Well, I was back at the University of North Alabama, and my mentor there knew that I you know, what I wanted to do for a living for sure, and, and so she she got me to write you know two or three songs and give them to Walt and because she was good friends with him because she used to be um, secretary over at uh, Fame Studios mm. when Walt was still there. And I knew I didn't want him to hear me sing somebody else's songs. I was really pitching myself as a singer, mm-hmm. not as a songwriter, but I wrote these songs to get his attention. And he loved the songs. And... and uh, said, why don't you come intern with me because I'm starting a new company and let's see how it goes. Mm. And next thing I know, I had a, uh, a publishing deal and wrote um, for the next, well, that was 98. Mm. Yeah, so I, that was the last time I had a, a normal, you know, a real job <laughs> was, uh, was once I signed that deal. Uh, so um, about that songwriting, that you you do uh you you seem pretty happy in your life um but your songwriting that has a tendency to be sad and by yeah. a tendency i think most listeners know the last record you recorded was called hurting kind and on the album for that you have songs titled <laughs> make you cry and hope i die so uh yeah. have have you yeah, ever been yeah. tempted to to write a happy song have you no, <laughs> no, not, not at all. But to be honest, I'm I'm not necessarily putting that much thought into what I'm going to write anyway. I, I, I sit down and things start happening, and I just tend to gravitate toward the heavier, darker underside of things because yeah. it's what moves me more. It's what scars me more. It's what sticks with me. It's you know those are the moments that we can mark time. By and you know, through your life of like, oh, that was just after my divorce, or that was when you know I lost my job at so and so. Things like that seem to be your chapters, and and my dad was always a huge, um, he's a huge country music fan, and, and therefore a huge fan of sad songs, and he would always get my attention when a song would come on the radio that was you know a little. A little darker than most. He said, "I right, pay attention to this. One. Pay attention." To this. Listen to this. It's sad. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he even knew why he was doing it, but it was a song that that really moved him, and he wanted me to hear it. So yeah, I that, uh, stuck with me. Getting ready for this interview, actually, I was going down the road, and uh, Whitney Houston, "I Want to Dance with Somebody" came on, and I was like, I was thinking about, it, I was like. I bet you John Paul could make this song sad. That's I bet fact. you he could redo oh, yeah. this one. <laughs> make. I mean, think about think about that song. If you, I want to dance with somebody with somebody who loves me, mm-hmm. you know, I could make that a sad song real quick, <laughs> or a song of a, a song of longing. That's the thing is that people definitely uh, peg me as a sad songwriter, and it's definitely true in in ways. But I'm I really am trying to write songs that make you feel something, and more often than not, it's longing. You know, it's it's love or the lack thereof. Sometimes uh, I'd write a love song, but from a different point of view, mm-hmm. um, and uh, because. 
there's people out there that are meant to write happy songs and cheer you up and i'm just i'm just not that guy <laughs> well uh obviously a lot of folks know you from the civil wars uh when you left uh the civil wars you seemed pretty burnt out uh when you left did you expect to ever record again hmm no no i i didn't say i wouldn't but i i didn't think that i would i didn't i had no urge to uh to play songs i, I didn't and a lot of gigs came along after that that i just said no nah, i just i'm good i've, I've done that i've uh I felt like I had completely fulfilled my bucket list. Yeah. And and just, you know, the the dream was different. And I just wanted to be at home and be a husband and a dad and a homeowner and focus on nothing but that because I hadn't focused on that for years and years and years. And, yeah. You know, my family barely knew me. My kids barely knew me. And so um, it was... Um, it was necessary. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something I think that came along an opportunity. I think this was after uh, you stepped out of the limelight there. Uh, I've had a lot of Southern artists on this show, and somehow, not too surprisingly, we always end up bringing up Greg Almond. And oh, yeah. you, you got to play with him at the uh, UK premiere yeah. of the Muscle Shoals documentary. I, I, I got. I got to ask what what was like that like playing with Greg Almond? Hmm. It was um, it was surreal because I'd grown up, um, I'd grown up emulating him. You know, once I once I got to high school, I was quickly indoctrinated with you know Skinnerd and Almond Brothers and 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 Greg's uh, solo work too. And I always loved uh, that he could be. He could do the softer side and the harder side mm-hmm. of songs as well, and he was he was not he was not afraid to be more sensitive and not just be the macho southern rock guy. Yeah, and so I I was I was a big fan of everything he stood for, and so sitting across from him and rehearsing those songs, it was it was really odd, but it was also seemed very natural because. He came from, you know, generally the same part of the country as me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had a lot of the same likes and dislikes. And and he was a very humble, sweet guy. So yeah. I was, you know, disarmed pretty quickly <laughs> when I met him. And so it felt felt a little bit more like kindred spirits than um, than, you know, trying to parlay with the gods, which is what I was actually doing. <laughs> Well, I've I've asked this to a lot of my guests, but you, and you've played with a lot of other great artists besides him. Crazy uh, list of 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 great artists. Uh, was that the most nervous you've ever been uh, playing with someone, or has there been a time that you were more nervous as far mm-hmm. as sort of the stardom that you played with? Hmm. Right. Um. I don't know. And that's a really good question. I've I've been around. I've been lucky enough to get to work with a fair amount of people. I guess Amy Lou Harris might have been more intimidating. Nice, because she's she's very she's very uh, uh, studious about the craft, about the work, and yeah, and, and very serious. But 
but at the same time she's not she's hilarious and self-deprecating and fun to be around i didn't know that i just I, she she kind of intimidated me whenever i first met her <laughs> she um kind of took us took savoys under her wing and, and was just at the grand Ole opry the first time we played there and, and uh, i've sang some stuff with her on other records now yeah. um, so it's more natural now but yeah it probably emulate nice nice well uh, at the same time, actually, around uh, in the same year that you, you played with uh, Greg Allman, you were actually a part of the creation of Single Lock Records with uh, Will and uh, Will Trapp and Ben Tanner. Uh, how did they uh, How did they intrigue you into that project? Hmm. How did they get you into Single yeah. Lock Records? Well, as I said, I really didn't want to do anything, but when they you know teased me with the idea of starting a label and basically just help bands make records and not have to work three jobs and get them in a van and shove them down the road and <laughs> trying to eliminate that major impediment I, I thought okay that's that's valid and that's a that's a good thing but it also would be a way for me to be creative but not make it about myself so nice. that that was intriguing yeah and they played me, you know, they had St. Paul was already, St. Paul and the Broken Bones were already in the fold. And they played me about 10 seconds of them. And I said, oh, okay, yep. <laughs> I mean, this is slam dunk. Nice. Now, with Single Lock Records uh, being in the shoals, uh, what do you think, what do you think you've taken from those other studios like Fame? And sound studios. What do you try to emulate out of those guys at Single Lock? You know, what's, what's funny about those places is they typically weren't labels. So what they would do is artists would come in and they make the record and they'd leave. So mm -hmm. there was it was a very specialized thing. But the way that they made music was uh, the way that I always want to make music. And and they every day that they went in, they did whatever was best for that artist and for that song at that particular moment in time. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do like Motown and Stax and Wrecking Crew and all these guys that kind of imparted their own sound on there. And, uh, you know, as soon as you hear a Motown record, you know it's a Motown mm -hmm. record. But Shoals Records, that isn't actually the case. You just, you, it, it, because they just did whatever was best at that moment. Mm -hmm. So we try to make uh the best possible records with the artists that we work with and not try to make it have a single sound for this label and um you know so far so good because we're yeah. very proud of our records yeah there's a lot of great albums that have came out several grammy nominated there uh that's right um and one of those albums uh at least that has came from uh, single lock is your newest album the Hurting Kind. Yes, sir. Uh, about eight yes, months sir. ago, it came out, and a lot of great songs on this album. Uh, very different sound than your uh, than Beulah. Um, That's right. This has a more country country vibe, sort of old country vibe. Um, did was that an organic process getting there? Did you you know go into it saying this is going to be more of a country sound, or did that just sort of well, happen? I think that just sort of happened. It was just where I was in my life. 
And if you notice on Beulah, there's a couple of songs on there. Namely, I've been over this before. That was a song that kind of, when I wrote that, it was later, later on in the record. And I mm-hmm. remember thinking, there's more of this <laughs> ahead of me. Now, this this feels really good and right and where, I, where my head's at. But also because I, I looked up all the the guys that, you know, made the records that I loved and wrote the songs that I loved and, and found Bobby Braddock and Whispering Bill Anderson and folks like that and talked them into writing songs with me. So the songs naturally leaned that way because of the, the subject or the, 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 the writers that I was in the room with. But it's, uh, it was, it was definitely an organic thing that, and who knows what this next record will sound like i'm gonna do the same thing just follow my nose and see what comes out nice nice well i i think one of my favorite songs on the album is the uh is the good old days uh the lyrics thank you very much the lyrics have a lot of power in that song and i I was wondering has has anybody asked you about that the about the meaning of that song since it came out Hmm. Yeah, and and I, I tend to stay away from you know giving too much away when I'm writing songs, but that song is definitely you know born from you know being a southern guy that's watching so many people around him mm-hmm. uh, trying to trying to hold on to the old and and uh, afraid of the new, and and it's. It's incredibly frustrating, and, yeah. and it's as a as a father watching my kids and watching the world that they're growing up to be a part of. I'd, I'd sure as heck like to see a, a much more tolerant, um, loving, compassionate uh, uh, environment for them to be around, and that's that's definitely not the case uh, at the moment. But you know, there's a lot of good people out there to you know fighting hard to make that uh, make this a better place and hopefully it can be a call to arms for others yeah Ho- hopefully more of those uh those pawn shop uh savers show up uh yeah. the, the 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 martin savers um now this album's been out for about eight months uh you've had time to marinate on it and last uh the time between your last two albums about three years you were just talking about uh a new album um how how far along are you in that process and uh do you think it's going to be about the same time till the till the next album Hmm. i'm not that far along in it i've been i have spent the past eight months really with my nose at the grindstone working playing traveling and uh promoting that record so uh, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm, uh, I'm behind and, and need to take some time and block it off to write songs. But mm. I just, I keep saying yes. I keep working. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I, I like to work. I like to play and I still love these songs. So, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm getting ready to shut everything down and start writing, uh, pretty, because I, I feel the, the, the damn about to break in my head and a lot of creative stuff that I'm trying to hold off on because I usually work better that way than, yeah. than trying to do a little here, a little there. I, I need to just sit down and focus. Let it overwhelm I you. I haven't had that chance yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I got. I've got two questions, and then we'll stop taking up your time. These are two non-music questions, real quick. First, I've got to ask: How many times have you gotten asked if you're Johnny Depp? Hmm. Because I feel like it has to be a lot. I ha- I got it. I got it three times yesterday. At the airport, <laughs> so. I've, it happens. I well, so, like when I was doing the research for the show. You know, I'm putting in your name into Google, and like that, that finishes out the Google search. It's like John Paul White, is he Johnny Depp? And I'm like, what? 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 Yep. <laughs> Why is is that there? He's gave I mean, he's gave yeah. you some room though. Luckily, he's changed his style a bit there. He he has. It's funny. Like if I cut my hair, people say it. If I should, if I let my hair grow out, people say it. It's, it, it, it is what it is. And, <laughs> you know, there's 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 worse things. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, that yeah. that's what I tell people whenever they tell me I look like somebody that's actually attractive. You know, I'm like, well, at least it's somebody attractive, you know, and it's not like, yeah. you look like that ugly yeah. hobo over there. Oh, man, that's not any good. <laughs> well, to be honest, you know, if you have long hair and a goatee, he's the go-to yeah. comment more often than not. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how much I actually look like him, but, <laughs> but yes, I get it no matter where I am. Well, the last question, you're obviously... Uh, familiar with everything Muscle Shoals. Uh, mm-hmm. If I call you up and I say, John, I'm in Muscle Shoals or Florence area, where should I mm-hmm. eat? Where are you going to tell me oh. to go eat? Hmm. All right. Well, that's that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's surprisingly in the past 10 years, we've developed a bit of a scene. So there's it kind of depends on what you're into, but let's go with traditional you know, Southern. Do we have like a, a soul Southern restaurant pick? Well, if you're going to go traditional Southern, I'd probably send you to a, a, a barbecue place. Ooh, uh, we have called, called Bunions. Okay, Bunions. You Bunions is famous, at least locally famous, for their hot slaw. You oh, get either the barbecue sandwich or the hot dog. Uh, with the hot slaw, the hot dog we call them crack dogs, uh-huh. <laughs> and you, you can go through a sack full of those things. So that that'd be the first place I'd send you. Wow! All right, bunions and the crack slaw, nice crack dogs. Yep. That's good. Yep. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. And now I'm going to have to go. Uh, John, yep. we are up against a break, man. But I want to thank you for taking time to come on our show. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Listeners, check out The Hurting Kind on all streaming services. Check out all things John Paul White at www.johnpaulwhite.com and on Instagram at John Boy Music. Right now, let's take a listen to The Good Old Days by John Paul White right here on The Doc G Show.
On the Doc G show, you just heard John Paul White off of his album "Hurting Kind." Thanks to John Paul White for being on the show. Couldn't be a nicer, yes, sir, nicer gentleman. Thank you so much, Southern gentleman from the Shoals. There, yes. enjoy it. Uh, crack dogs with spicy slaw, Dave. Mm, dude, we're we're there, man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm have to try. And I gotta let I gotta let her know our man know Christian Columbia South Carolina Christian let me know the other day yeah, avid listener religious listener mm-hmm. listens every week Christian I hope you write that down he told me that his favorite segment of the or well favorite uh, part of the show was when I asked guests where they should eat because it made the fat kid inside Dude, him happy. That's a fact. Exactly. So, we have to know where to eat, man, if we're gonna go to all these places. So crack dog spicy slaw. Write it down. Correct dog, we're in there. And if you get time, folks, check out the album. It's good. I'm telling you. Do it. All right, Dave, it's time. Last birthday suit. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Born on January 15th, 1929. Hmm. Oh, dang. Yeah. In Atlanta, Georgia, our birthday suit wearer was the son of a preacher. Birthday suit where suffered from depression as a child and uh, later said the situation was exacerbated by the treating of African Americans in the South at the time. In his junior year of school, he won first prize at an oratorical contest sponsored by the Negro Elks Club in Georgia. On the ride home from the event, he was ordered to stand by the bus driver so that whites could sit down. He initially refused, but his teacher made him. He later said that that was the angriest he'd ever been in his life. He was an outstanding student, ended up going to Morehouse College at the age of 15. Upon graduating, he decided to go into the ministry. He went to Crozier Theological uh, Seminary in Pennsylvania, He then went to earn his doctorate in systematic theology at Boston University. Hmm. In 1955, our birthday suit wearer led the Montgomery bus boycott, which led to the desegregation of the Montgomery public buses. 
He led the Albany, Georgia, civil rights campaign in 1961. And in 1963, he began a campaign against racial segregation and economic injustice in Birmingham, Alabama. Same thing that he did in 64 for St. Augustine, Florida, and Selma, Alabama in 1964 as well. In 1963, he delivered his most famous speech in Washington, D.C., Known as the I Have a Dream speech in 1960. 1960- Martin Luther King Jr. Yes, indeed. Martin Luther King Jr. is correct. Dr. Martin Luther King. In 1968, our birthday suit wearer pushed for his biggest campaign uh, to date, which was the Poor People's Campaign to Address Economic Injustice. However, our birthday suit wears Poor People's Campaign was never fully realized because he was assassinated, sadly, on April 4th, 1968. But no doubt, his memory will live on. Dave, I think we need to listen to his I Have a Dream, just a segment of his I Have a Dream speech. Give it a listen. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. All right, Dave. I have a dream. Question folks have to ask. Has his dream been realized? Has his dream been realized? I say no. We need to make the world a better place. That's what I say. That's what I say. We definitely have to make the world a better place every day, but we're we're working towards it. Working towards it, Dave. I was I was torn to honor the memory. I was torn between the I have a dream speech and his mountaintop speech. Uh, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. seen the mountaintop because that speech it, it uh, ooh, never ceases to give chills. me chills, man. Never ceases chills to give me down chills. The spine. He, I mean, he he foresaw his own mortality, and it was it was so peaceful of a foreseeing, but so powerful. Mm-hmm. My God, it was amazing. The man, mm. the myth, the legend, Doctor Martin Luther King. Happy birthday, Doctor King. Yes, sir. Happy birthday. Honor his birthday by doing something good, folks. Do something for another. For someone else. Yes. Yep. 
He said the most pertinent question in life is what are we doing for others? And you should ask yourself that every day. That's right. We do well it, said. Dave, by giving people... <laughs> I can't even say it. With <laughs> Two the, hours of a meaningless I show. I can't even say it with, with, without breaking up. No, we do. We do it for everyone. We else. do everyone a disservice <laughs> by doing that. That's true. Nonetheless, it is his birthday. Uh, make sure you make it count this coming Monday, folks. Dave, it's time to end the show. We have fantastic shows coming up. My goodness, the shows. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We have got Tyler Baker of me. Goodbye June coming up next week, which I can't wait. Uh, yes, sir. Goodbye June. So, such a fantastic band. They came out with two awesome albums. They played with so many great uh, artists, played with Greta Van Fleet, yes! played with ZZ oh, yeah. can't Top. Can't wait to hear it. It's uh, so good. Uh Tyler so generous with his time. We've got some other good, uh, great guests. David Perdue, uh, comedian, coming on. Can't wait to talk to him. A hilarious comedian. Going to be cool, fun cool. to talk to him. And, of course, Andy Frasco at the start of Ooh. next <laughs> month. At the start of February. He's coming through. He's going to stop in the studio. We're going to talk everything. I can't wait. Third time guest, Dave. It's third time on the show. Dang. And he's a fantastic guest. Every time it gets better. Oh. Every time. I can't wait. It's going to be wait. good stuff, man. But until next time, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Man, what an end to a great, great Wednesday. Two hours of the Doc G show. Fantastic. Fantastic. Until next time, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.